Hello, lovely humans. Let's talk about how wonderful the world is. Are you mad? It's bloody awful out there. It's just the worst. Hello. Hi, everybody. We are here. It is episode number five. Uh, just the worst podcast. Just the worst. I'm Valentina. And I'm Patty. And everything's terrible and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Except for puppies. Puppies are not terrible. They are not terrible. No. There's only, they're only terrible when there's not enough of them. Can I tell you something that is kind of terrible? Not if it has to do with puppies. <laughs> no. There will be no puppy torture. Trigger. <laughs> My well. trigger is puppy death. <laughs> I can support trigger warnings when it comes to that. When it comes to animal murder? Completely. Yes. Well, I was just starting Fargo, and they had a whole thing about this. Somebody murdered a dog, and he's like, does that really count as murder? <gasps> yes, it does. Who kills a dog in that? I think Billy Bob Thornton kills the dog. I was listening to fucking NPR this morning, because I'm cool. And, and smart. Yeah. And the lady was like, so, news from Central Coast of California today, an otter has been found dead on the beach. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I feel like that probably happens. And she was like, they are a protected species. There you yada, yada, yada. It keeps going on. The one problem with this was that the otter had been skinned. And I was like, click, bye, Alexa, change it. (laughs) That should have been the lead. (laughs) I should have known. Why are we talking about this one otter? Yeah. Oh, it triggered Alexa. Alexa, stop. (laughs) She takes her job seriously. She really does. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is probably a whole episode there of all the sea life. That is killing itself. Uh, this well, I don't think year. they're skinning themselves. <laughs> no, they're not. But that's what that's what I mean is like otters dying and sea lions dying and all you know, of them. Otters are actually are... dicks. Like everyone thinks that they're super cute, but you know that they like to hump baby seals. Have you heard this? They are super cute. They just might not be very nice. They're dolphins they're, the same way. They're very horny. Same with dolphins. Dolphins are too. But yeah, they will basically like. <laughs> grab a baby seal and just fuck it oh and like there's there's yeah molesters. trigger warning for That's animal terrible. lovers myself included but hey animal on animal <laughs> abuse is so oftentimes they will drown the baby seal because they're fucking it so hard oh. but then they hold on to the corpse for like another week and just like fuck it whenever they want so they're necrophiliac seal so they're the ed molesters. kempers of the <laughs> What are the, the seal mothers doing about this? Because I think they would outweigh and out. I would think so, you know? too. Like, they should be able to defend their young I know. a little I better. I haven't totally looked into it. I did watch um, a documentary one time about dolphins doing something similar and that they have, like, full-on rape gangs that go after yes. some of the female dolphins and, like, pin them down <sighs> in, in groups. So they're, like, <laughs> young ruffians out they, there just mm. attacking single female dolphins those s f (laughs) d's gotta be careful (laughs) well it just goes you know it's not just people that are the worst i think that it's men (laughs) it's men too yes Mm -hmm. yep 
Thank we should all just that. not have sex ever again and then everything will be fine. I made a comment about that on Facebook the other day when somebody was talking about, you know, they're getting more and more trying to uh, limit women's rights as far as their bodies and reproductive health and all of that. And get I don't rid know of all the what you're talking about in this age of Trump. What? Right. So anyway, and I said, you know, it's getting to the point where I feel like women should just go on a sex strike and just refuse to have sex until 100%. all the freaking men just go, oh, OK, wait, no, none of our business. Yeah. Go you're ahead not going to pay for our do. contraception. But then, uh, yeah, contraceptives. And then you're not going to pay for our health care if we do have a baby. Right. So, let's just be like, mm, we're good. We're good. Yeah. So I, I, got, I got no positive responses from that, surprisingly. <laughs> Weird. Nobody, nobody liked that idea. Um, um, I'm on board. Yeah. Well, thank you. But that's also because I'm single and I hate Tinder. So I'm never having sex again. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. For political reasons. For political reasons. <laughs> it's my it's my I'm choosing to. Yes. I don't think we ever got to the worst part of my week, though. Oh, my God. Tell me. Because I want to hear about the Moving worst. is the worst. Oh, that is the worst. <sighs> we moved from... About 2,000 square feet into 800. Solid. Solid. And it's awesome. I love the new place, except for that I don't have anywhere to put my stuff. Do you at least have like a patio? No. No. There's a door and it goes to nothing. It was so great. So there's like an iron bar. We're on the eighth floor. There's like this iron bar keeping the door shut. And the guys who are moving our furniture in are like, well, the sofa's going to block the door. <laughs> like, well, I don't think anything good would come of us opening that door because so there's, there's a door nothing that just opens there. to. The ground? Yeah. But there's an iron bar on the outside keeping it shut. That's... But I thought it was funny that the movers thought it was important that I'd be able to access the door. I'm like, what am I going to do? In case you're feeling pretty low, (laughs) there's going to be a sofa in the way. Sorry. Yeah. I would probably figure it out. Anyway, so... (laughs) Not that it's ever crossed my mind. Um, Never. No, not jumping out of a window. I would never sure. that. No. No. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've been spending the last several days doing is packing and moving. And today I spent half the day cleaning out a refrigerator, which was awesome. That was really fun. Uh, so fun. I'm really jealous. Yeah. So I'm going to be really glad when that's all done. Yeah. No. I just laid up sick all weekend from allergies. So. Oh, yeah. And it was your birthday weekend. It was my birthday weekend and I did not do anything. Uh, on my actual- Talk about the worst. <laughs> on my actual oh, birthday, I went and had lunch by myself with my dog. <laughs> Oh, Valentina just turned 28. I did. Again. Yeah. So it's the anniversary. She's coming up on 30. Birthday. She's getting a little worried about <laughs> Any it. Any day now. <laughs> I'm going to be an adult. Can't wait. Damn it. Yeah. No. So, what are we really here to talk about, Patty? Well, I wanted to talk about something not murder related. What? I know. Though it is, in a weird way, sort of murdery. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about wrongful convictions in the Ooh, United States. That touches on. <sighs> well, we have murdered a few people as a nation that we probably shouldn't have, turns out. Probably a few innocent folks that have gotten the death penalty. Whoops. Yeah, I can't quite figure out where I land on the death penalty. I know. I can't either. It's a philosophical discussion I'm not prepared for today. No, I remember... Um, <laughs> Dead Man Walking. Oh, I was in like rushed young high school. And I remember sobbing. Sobbing. But then I think about Michael Vick and I'm like, oh no, kill him. Right, but they don't kill people for dog. I know. I know. So that will never happen. Well, when I run for president and. I do recall that I saw a dead man walking on a first date. 
Oh, that's sexy. Which was not a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> like, wow, yeah, I just want to go home now. Yeah. Let's Can I get just out of never here? speak of this again. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you pick that? I didn't pick that. Cool. I don't even remember who it was with, but I don't think it happened again. Well, he didn't. Probably didn't get a second date. I don't think so. No. Good movie, but not date date movie. No. Yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, so anyway. Wrongful convictions. Wrongful convictions. Back to the topic at hand. So at any given time these days, the American justice system holds about 2.3 million people. Stop it. In incar- incarcerated. Yeah. Oh, total. We have. Yeah, total. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying wrongfully, and I was like, that's a lot. That's, no, but they think, yeah, no. I don't have statistics on how many people are probably wrongfully Well, because they all say they are. Yeah. Everyone in jail. But the majority, like, there's a huge number of people who are in there for, like, dumb drug convictions, too, that have not done anything to hurt anyone other than themselves. Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like. Another conversation altogether, because I'm a little libertarian on that end. Oh, yeah. More than most. Uh, We have about... A little over 1,700 state prisons, 102 federal prisons, 942 juvenile correctional facilities, over 3,000 local jails, and there's 79 Indian country jails. Oh, they've got their own thing going on. But so we have a lot of a lot of those. And I was gonna start talking about for-profit prisons, private Uh. for-profit prisons, but I figured that will be a whole another episode. So I wanted to just talk about wrongful convictions. So. Uh, since 1989, which is when DNA evidence was first used. When I was born. <laughs> wow, that was really fast. Well done. Uh, she knows her birthday, nope, ladies and gentlemen. What my ID says. <laughs> We're start getting fake when IDs you get to be old, younger. you get fake IDs to get younger. <laughs> that is so great. Um, but since then, since DNA started being used, 1,761 people have been exonerated. Uh, on the basis of new evidence. So there's a whole innocence project that goes and they kind of track yes. down some of these cases and are trying to help people. Um, let's see. So the first year, 1989, 22 people were exonerated with DNA evidence. Mm-hmm. In 2015, the number rose to 149. And in 2016, a total of 166 wrongly convicted people whose convictions date as far back as 1964 Jesus. were exonerated. So... They could have been in jail a fucking long time. Their whole lives. Crazy. And some people, you know, I have a story in here about somebody who didn't get exonerated until after they died. On oh. But yeah. not being executed. Just, I oh, didn't just get died. any of those stories. Yeah, they died in prison and then they're like, whoops, he didn't do oh, it. Oh, my bad. Oh, so sad. Mm. Uh, so as of March, of, March 6th of this year, there are 2,000 individual exonerations. Sorry, I think I gave you the wrong number there mm. that includes like the central park five which everybody knows about that donald yes. trump still thinks is in are guilty <laughs> even though they're clearly he's not no one he's trying out. <laughs> no no he, he really thinks doesn't. central park five is like a jazz band that he doesn't like well he was in new york when that happened and he was the one who was racing to get them convicted and was like yes they're guilty 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 and then they the dna evidence came out and was like no they're not guilty and he's like yes they are i think whatever um, he says you should probably just do the opposite <laughs> probably a good practice yeah uh and then everybody's heard of the good old stephen avery story Ugh. i know you think he should die because he just because he set the cat on fire or set it on fire did he kill it oh yeah oh, okay so but then i was listening to something else i forget oh if some 
on the topic of rednecks that they were saying that that is one of the few things that like people in like bumpkin towns do like cats on fire yeah but it's just like it's something to do not, saturday night yeah it's not like a weird i mean it yeah, it's a weird sadistic thing but it's just like bored people bored kids kids are really terrible yeah in my yeah I, from my recollection of being one <laughs> my peers were horrible kid. oh yeah as far as animal abuse and things like that went I oh i did not have those people i think the meanest thing i ever did was we had a kitten and i used to put her in the shower <laughs> i used to put her in the shower <laughs> and like turn it on drip so it'd annoy her and then i'd run and hide and i'd be like but when i come back she's gonna love me for rescuing her like Dude. she's a goldfish and she forgot that i was the one that put her in there but i just <laughs> just wanted love <laughs> you should think long and hard before having children can i just say that <laughs> oh they bounce back from everything <laughs> they'll blame you for everything whether you lock them in the bathtub or not they'll, true. they'll pretty much blame you for stuff 100 uh, as, well, separate from those 2,000 individual exonerations, Ooh. there's another 1,800 defendants that have been cleared in group exonerations since 1989. Uh, the majority of these were for drug cases that never happened, and Ugh. they're predominantly black, which is kind of a theme throughout yes. the false uh, imprisonment thing here. Lots of them are black, surprisingly, yeah. accused of doing things to white people. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure the ability to pay for competent counsel is diminished if you're from a community i didn't say poor i said black that's you know you should just check yourself there missy yeah <laughs> but i'm still sticking to my statement because <laughs> i don't think it's the stockbrokers on wall street who are black that are getting they're all, all yes they're not getting arrested generally speaking i watched the wire and you know we've seen oj simpson and you know that's he had money he got off go figure yeah um, well, turns out that blacks face bias throughout the system. Amazingly. Yeah. Um, they're more likely to be targets of police misconduct. They receive harsher sentences than whites. Uh, and for violent crimes like murder and sexual assault, they spend several years longer in prison. Even even if they're innocent. Like, it takes longer to exonerate black people than oh, white people. No. Yeah, swear. So it's estimated that about 4.1% of people on death row are <sighs> innocent. Based on just kind of the numbers as they've played out so far. But only about 1.8% of them have been exonerated. So that means that we're executing probably two people out of every four. No. That are innocent. That's a lot. That's a lot. Or they're still sitting in prison. They're Mm. not getting out. So that's, that's, which is kind of one of the arguments against the death penalty, right? Like, unless you're absolutely sure. Right. Um, It's kind of tricky because... That's crazy. Yeah, I know. And those are the cases that get the highest scrutiny, right? Like the Innocence Project is going to go look at death row cases, but they're probably not going to look at 20 years for such and such and such. Right. So those people just get to rot away in prison and nobody really helps them. So there's probably even more in the general population that are innocent. Um, From what I've heard, everyone. But to your point earlier. (laughs) (laughs) We're all innocent here. Oh. That was loud. Oh, Patty's throwing stuff. She's yeah, very, she's very, very upset. angry about it's this. Unjust injustice really yeah. upsets me. <laughs> it really does. I get that nothing makes me angrier <laughs> than injustice. Um, so the leading causes for wrongful convictions are forensic misconduct, which is so fucked up. Like that's the system just going, eh, fuck it. 
like contamination. We just want to get this out of the way. Oh. Or they just hide shit or they just Ugh. mess up the the autopsy or they misplace evidence. Oh Christ. Um stuff like that. Eyewitness misidentification happens all I the time. It's am... like the most unreliable thing there is. Do you is. ever try to like test yourself and be like, who was that guy I just saw at the bank? And I'm like, but I would be the worst eyewitness ever because I don't remember my friends yeah. and what they look like. So how I, I don't know if I could describe like you to a sketch artist. I'd be like, no. I don't and then they put you in a room and they're like, you have to pick one of these five people. And if you're not sure, then we can't take any of them. And you're like so desperately want someone to get caught. You're like that guy. Right. Or girl, I suppose. Yeah. But we're mostly talking men here. Yeah. Sorry. Dude. Sorry, men. Uh, inadequate legal defense. Sure. Is also a big, big problem. Public defenders, it. maybe a little stretched too thin. Oh my god, maybe incompetent, but I'm gonna go with stretched too thin. Uh, though, in the case of was it Stephen Avery who had like that totally incompetent attorney the first time around? <gasps> I don't remember, but I remember Wait, watching. Was some... it him or was it Adnan? I don't. Know. I think it was Adnan that had that Just, woman like, that so was so terrible. abrasive and shrieky and. I just I miss all kinds know. of evidence like don't like just settle just settle just settle or just make a deal yeah terrible i'm sure that happens all the time because when you're in that situation they're like listen you're gonna get life yeah. or if you make a deal we'll give you 20 years or whatever you know and they just make a deal because they, they that's what their attorneys tell them to do uh dun, 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 dun. so i have several cases that are pretty interesting oh dude um tell. so jt mcgarry he was a california guy he has he served the longest sentence as a wrongly convicted inmate. He was released in 2014 after 36 years Whoa. behind bars. And they still kept him kind of on the hook until the next April. Um, yeah. So he uh, <laughs> My notes don't he make any sense. Confusing. You know it is because uh shit. It's all very confusing. That is super drunk. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I mistook the my words notes. are swimming. The words are don't make any sense. Let me just tell you about this. I'm sorry, but JT McGarry was not the guy sentenced. He was the guy murdered. Oh, Whoops. so he almost had yeah. it worse. Some guy, Michael Ray Hanline, was convicted of his murder. Um, none of this is making any fucking sense right now. Anyway. He witness was on drugs while testifying. Oops, seriously. Uh, so anyway, they he he spent thirty six years behind bars. He was <sighs> finally had the charges dismissed against him, but he had to when they let him out of prison originally. Like, whoops, he didn't do this. Um, and he was cleared from DNA testing. He was cleared by DNA testing, and they still let him out and made him wear an ankle bracelet. <laughs> While they continued to Just review evidence. Just in case you go planting like, other people's DNA around town. Fuck? Yeah, so he was clearly, you know, innocent, but just That's let's horrible. just keep him on the let's line for a while. make sure. Yeah, and nothing like, but money to And spend. probably most of these people, I think in very rare cases, do they actually get compensated for the time they spent. So it's like How do we you drag even... you away from your family. We, we prevent you from actually developing a career or any life skills. And then yeah. we let you out and say, whoops, sorry. I think you just have to, like, write a book about it. And then go from there. You, yeah, that helps. Uh, so this guy, Jonathan Fleming, he was convicted in 1990 for murdering his friend. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this was in New York. 
So at the time of the murder, Fleming was in Florida. Oh. He had tickets. He had airline tickets. He had receipts from Florida. He had like all kinds of evidence saying there was no way he was in New York. They still convicted him. Oh. Yeah. What? Uh, Good question. Key witness said they Uh, saw him. No. Yeah. So she recanted her statement even before Avery was sentenced. Um, But the prosecutors claimed she was lying. So, oh my God. Uh, they were they were dropping charges against her to testify against him. Oh, so of course, right? And it's like the fact that any jury could listen to any of this and be like, "Oh, okay, that sounds legit." <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. So he was finally released in 2014 after new evidence proved that he was in Florida. I don't even know why they needed new evidence. They had a ton of existing right? evidence. Um, so he spent more than two decades in prison before he was released. It's amazing. So fucking crazy. There's one in here that I wanted to talk about. Oh, so there's a Herman Atkins. He was also a California guy. He was convicted of robbery and rape in L.A. in 1988. Mm-hmm. He was misidentified by the victim as a perpetrator, despite having an alibi for the night of the crime. And he served 11 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really tough case because the prosecution threw up roadblocks to prevent the Innocent Pro- Innocence Project from even getting the evidence. Jeez. Yeah. So they finally, after six years of fighting for it, they got DNA testing done. Three separate areas of the victim's sweater revealed that it didn't match her or Aikens. Nice. So, yeah. So he was finally exonerated in 2000. So this is so sad. So since his release, he finds himself collecting receipts with timestamps and making sure he's filmed on surveillance cameras in order to document wherever he is. Oh, my God. He's that freaking worried about it. Um, oh. And then, in, in to help people who've been in the same situation as him, he and his wife founded uh, Life Intervention for Exonerees, and they kind of help people who've been exonerated find a life again and oh, to get nice. um, try to get restitution and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he's kind of turned it around into something good, but just the idea of this guy being so paranoid as to make sure that he's being filmed all the time. Seriously. Super sad. He was excited when GoPro came out. Oh my god! Yeah, you could just wear it on him all the time. Just like, Here it I on am, me. not murdering. What time someone. is it, everyone? Not murdering anybody today. Oh <laughs> uh, God, can you imagine? I just, I can't even imagine like being just doing your thing, and then all of a sudden getting picked up and being told, "Yeah, you're being charged with this," and you're like, "But I was in Florida." Yeah. Swear, and they're like, "Nah, we don't believe you. You could have." I mean, that guy—they told him he could have flown back that night. Killed his friend and then flown back to Florida. Mm, like you do. Right. Yeah. Cause that happens all oh, the fucking time. God. But anyway, so many of these cases are about like clearly cops and prosecutors just wanting to get to the end and shut the case. Like yes. we just want to find an answer. We don't care who 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 we hurt in it. We don't really care about finding the truth. And the other problem about that is that the real people are still roaming around. Yes. Committing crimes. Also true. And so, like, it's not just that you're taking life away from this one person. It's that you're letting somebody else roam around committing more crimes, which I would think is their job is to not let that happen. Yeah. I thought that's why we paid them. I could be wrong. I'm not really sure what our taxes are used for anymore. No idea. But I thought it was for some stuff like that, like protection. I would think so. You know, social justice. Whatever, like, whatever yeah. that is, I don't whatever know. Uh, last story: Clarence Brandley. Mm-hmm. He was a high school janitor in Texas. He was convicted of the rape and murder of a 16-year-old student. Oh. Uh, he was sentenced to death <gasps> after after facing two all-white juries. 
So the first trial. What was state was this? Trial. Texas. Texas. Mm. Not a good thing to be sentenced Don't to death in Texas. Know. I think my story last week, Betty Lou, she was in Texas. Texas. They killed her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Don't the initial mess suspicion. With Texas. Seriously, is a thing. Really, seriously, don't. Um, he was one of two custodians that were in initially uh, fingered as potential um, people who had done this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one guy, it was him, and then this other guy who found the body. And during their interrogation, one of the Texas Rangers told them, this is in quotes, one of you is going to have to hang for this. And then turning to Branley, added, since you're the nigger, you're elected. Oh, you t- what? I'm sure this is going to go well for him from then on out, right? That sounds Clearly terrible. going to be fair. The line for Yeah, out. and I don't know what year this was in, but I wish I did because, I mean, that could have been any time. It could have been It could have been any year. Yeah. So it's crazy. Uh, 11 months after he was convicted, his lawyers discovered that evidence had disappeared while in the custody of the prosecution, hmm. including Caucasian pubic hair and other hairs recovered from the body that were neither the, the dead girl's or his. Just ignore that. Let's not talk about it. Um, also missing were photographs taken of Branley the day of the crime, showing that he was not wearing the belt the prosecution claimed he had used as a murder weapon. Oh, Lord. Uh, so there was other stuff. Yeah. Oh, and the pretrial destruction of the sperm that they found. So, whoops, that went missing. <sighs> you had one job. Right. So they had to fight and fight and fight and fight. Uh, but the appellate court said there's no reasonable hypothesis presented um, to even suggest that someone other than him had done it. So they but that's a really, I think that's a great way to figure out who did things. Well, we can't find anybody better. So. Well, he's black, so he's clearly the one who's going to have to take the fall for he this He knew one. her, so. He yeah. So anyway, this woman sees it on the news, and she's like, holy shit, my ex-boyfriend told me he committed a crime like that. Uh. Yeah. So she calls a lawyer, and she's like, listen, this is what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And he connects her with an attorney over there, and they go to see the district attorney, and she tells him the story. And then they, you know, like, she's all excited. She's thinking this is going to really help. And they decided she was not a good witness and just let it drop. She was not reliable. Uh, She just made that shit up. She's trying to get even with her boyfriend. I don't know. Um. So, all yeah, I mean, it was just like one thing after another with the cops, like telling people literally, if you don't corroborate the story we're going with, we're going to get you like just terrible shit. Uh, <sighs> and this guy just kept getting pushed back, pushed back. No, you can't have another trial. Um, when he finally did. Oh, so the one guy had, you know, they, they found type A blood on the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Branley did not have type A blood. She did not have type A blood. <laughs> So it and the guy that they're thinking now did it does. Oh. Right. Um and so when the Texas Ranger finally like is like, okay, well, I didn't do anything improper, but when he was he was asked why he didn't take all these samples and why he didn't keep them, he said, Let's say I didn't do it and it wasn't done. And why it wasn't done, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna use that at work. He went to the Trump <laughs> school of excuses. Exactly. Very People sad. Say, Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. <laughs> A lot of people are saying that it didn't get done. Yeah. You know it didn't. I know it didn't. Very sad. Uh, so anyway, um, they finally uh, let the appeal go forward. They delayed it for as long as they could. Eventually, they ended up dropping all the charges against this poor guy. Oh, Christ. Uh, he, when he was released, became an ordained Baptist minister, and mm. then he got married um, none of the officials involved in the case were disciplined, nor did they apologize. 
And they still insist that they convicted the right man. <laughs> so this guy spent nine years on death row trying to fight this case of something oh he did God. not do. When they clearly had another person. I mean, it's just like such injustice. It's crazy. And like you cannot run out of stories like this on the internet. Oh, I bet. I just picked some good ones. Yeah, those are good. Ugh. Fucking gnarly. Fucking and then you have the whole Stephen Avery thing, which like, okay, he didn't do the first thing. I changed my mind every single episode oh, for of sure. that show on whether or not he was guilty of the second thing. But you almost feel like, well, you fucked up so hard on the first thing. Like, I don't understand how you can even be trusted at all to give us any legit information on the second right. thing. Like, Yeah, the theory I've heard the most is that he probably did the murder of Teresa. Uh-huh. Um, but that the cops were so gung-ho to make sure he got convicted that then they planted evidence. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because there was a lot of evidence pointing at him. and But there were, also did seem to be a lot of stuff planted. Right. Except like the car keys that weren't there and then they were and like all that random shit. Car and that, off. I mean, just the interview with the nephew. Oh, with Brandon. If I saw that as a juror, I'd be like, let them both off. That's fucking ridiculous. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. There were no. so many good memes after that where it's uh, like, Brandon, did you kill Osama? And he's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> whatever i did can it's i go just, home now <laughs> i thought the most amazing thing about that show to me was that like there are people that are like that that yeah. i mean i think we get so spoiled living in california or new york or wherever that you forget like there's a huge swath of the country that are Sorry, but weren't you just on a bus with a guy who was claiming that Jesus and I mean there's not all mentally no 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 but I don't think that they were like a huge anomaly for that area like what was the word his IQ was very low like he was clearly say to his mom like what is there's some word where he's like what is like incarcerated or something mean and his mom was like I don't know oh what word was it Stop it. Stop it, people. Get an education. Yeah. Even if your schools suck, just hang in there. But Get I, through it. I, Go to college. Yeah. Leave your town. It must not be a choice. Do something people... new. Well, I think it's just if you grow up in that environment, like, you don't know that there's anything else right. out there. I and you're doing a... the best you can in the in the circumstances you're in, you know? Yeah. It just it wouldn't occur to you that there's all kinds of other stuff out there going on that you could get involved in. But that yeah. whole thing about... Um, uh confessions a lot of people go to prison for falsely confessing because they just get questions so hard that they're like fine i did it yeah and i mean it's unbelievable like i just don't understand it's there's something has gone askew with our system yes if the goal is to just shut the case yeah and not to actually find out what the truth is and to just have your record be you know yeah like that's not the point the point is to actually serve the community and doing the best by the people who are in it like that guy that you're accusing is also a member of your community that you're supposed to protect from um, false accusations so like do your fucking job yeah sorry if it's hard sometimes my job is hard too but i still have to do it Mm, me too Mm. yeah also just the worst i get it i get not wanting to and just finish the job but there's people's lives on the line it's true and it sucks i believe you yeah so who knows how many people are sitting in prison right now legit innocent not just saying they're innocent not just saying they're innocent yeah probably too many 
and then i mean then i started wanting to go down the rabbit hole of the private for profit prisons and oh, what God. how much it benefits them to keep people locked up and to lock up oh, yeah. more and more people um and that's going to be a huge problem for us as a nation we lock up more people than any other country on earth uh which is fucking crazy but for think, like touting how free we are we lock right. up a shit ton of people that we lock up and i mean obviously i don't necessarily think that drug crimes are as problematic as the justice system seems to think i think obama was on the right track a little bit but he was like maybe we should get rid of some of these like petty drug uh convictions like the guy that gets caught with like a brick of weed. Like who cares? What's a brick? A brick of weed? Yeah. I like technically I don't know. <laughs> I just assumed it like doesn't it come? I in always wondered bricks? what a lid was. Also, what's a lid? A lid of what? Weed. Oh, I do that on shows sometimes. Like oh yeah, he's got a lid. Like what the fuck is that? I don't know. What happened to grams and ounces anyway? No. Eighths and halves and things. What does it mean? For weed to be in brick form. Really shitty weed that comes from Mexico <laughs> is dehydrated and stored in kilo bricks for travel. Well, you should definitely not go to jail for that. Because no. that's just fucked up. You're getting screwed twice on that deal. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, not right. A 28-pound brick of marijuana falls from this guy. <laughs> that was in 2015. That sounds fun. That's like when they're talking about <laughs> Trump wanting the wall to be see-through so that you can tell you would get hit by drugs getting thrown over it <laughs> and when everyone's like i'm gonna stand there and catch them all <laughs> yeah i'm heading down there right now i had no idea that was happening oh a lid is apparently a measure uh common terminology of the 60s and 70s a measure of marijuana equal to a full lid from a large hellman's mayo jar are you fucking kidding me well i'm on urban dictionary so it's about an eight so it's an ounce no it couldn't be a whole ounce i've seen a hellman's well i've seen a mayonnaise jar lid it's maybe an eighth that's my guess Ooh. i don't know i've never seen marijuana before though so yeah, i don't know I've, how much i've never up. seen the weed no. i don't know about the weed i do think people should be able to do whatever the hell they want though as long as they're not harming anyone else and that's with any drug at any time as long as they're not geeking out causing other people harm yeah so i agree of course you do. <laughs> Got that, Mom? Uh, no. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Marzarati. Shh. No last names. <laughs> Too late. We can we can edit that out. Yep, Stephen, edit that out. Uh, anyway, that's all I have on uh, wrongful convictions. Stay tuned for that's the tip of the iceberg. Profit for profit prisons yeah. on an upcoming episode. More exciting things on just the worst. That's right. You don't even know. You don't even know. I'm going to talk about people being really stupid. In a in a huge left turn from the rest of the stuff we talk about. <laughs> wow, I think I think that like every episode we do is in some way or another. Yeah. Just is keep... there a specific type of stupid we're going to talk about today? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to go. I'm okay. going to I'm going to tell you all about it. Uh, well, let's say we're in central Brazil. In a town called Goiânia. Uh, it's September of 1987. Uh, you might remember Michael Jackson released Bad. And George Michael released Faith. And The Simpsons premiered. That's a while ago. What? What year was that? 
1987. Oh man, we used to have the funnest Sunday night parties on in back then. For Simpsons, The Simpsons and Married with Children. Oh. It was amazing. Oh. It was such good TV night. We'd all get hammered and watch it. And we'd go play softball in the daytime and then go back. And oh watch. my god, that's adorable. It was so fun. What I do like else? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, it's just time. Those days are over. You did just turn 28, though, so you. Yeah, the world's my oyster. Yeah. Uh, So there was an abandoned hospital uh, from the 1970s that is in this town that's falling apart. Um, They outgrew their size, so they went and relocated and built elsewhere. Uh, But there was some property left behind. But then there were all these legal battles going on as to who owns the place, how to move the contents. Um. Who owns the land? Who owns the building? Who owns the materials? Uh, so until this nonsense can be sorted out, uh, the powers that be decide they're just going to hire a guard to be stationed there to keep the looters out. And this is someplace in random Brazil. Yes. Okay. In Guayana, Brazil. Guayana. Yeah. Central. Not random place. Guayana. Right. Okay. Everyone knows. <laughs> I haven't been there in a long time. <laughs> So, one particular day, this guard decides to take a sick day, goes with his family to see the cinematic masterpiece known as Herbie Goes Bananas. <laughs> Which I actually checked Huge out, in Brazil. Right? Yeah. But what's weird is I checked it out. It was actually came out in 1980. So, apparently it took a seven-year delay to get to this... Well, they had to translate it. Uh, I know. Subtitles, the whole thing. It was really tough. Uh, So, it's not guarded this day. Uh, Two looters jump in there. They take their chance. They start scavenging. (laughs) They're looking for metal. They want to sell it for scrap. They find a bunch of metal. Parts, machines. There's this one big machine that looks kind of like a dentist chair pod thing. Okay, wait, you said this was a mental institution? No, 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 just a hospital. Okay, all right. Where so I was like, oh, this is a very concerning that they have so many machines in a no, mental institution. Just an, abandoned, okay. just an abandoned hospital. Okay, gotcha, sorry. Uh, yeah, so they find this one machine that looks super good. So they put it in their getaway vehicle, a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not Ocean's they Eleven. They couldn't, have, they couldn't have had taken that much stuff if right. they were just using one wheelbarrow. Right, right, right. Okay. So then they wheelbarrow this big chunk of junk home. Uh, they start to bust it up into pieces. Um, you know, like most sophisticated criminals, you know, like in the Italian job, they start just stabbing it with screwdrivers <laughs> to break it up. Sounds like a good idea. Uh, yeah, then inside there's this like funky little circle window. Uh, so they smash that to get in there. <laughs> And they get in there, and there's this little chamber, and it has this weird chalky blue powder. Oh, great. Yeah. That can be good. So, thinking it might be gunpowder, bumbling crook number one decides, <laughs> let's try to light it on fire. Which is, I think, what you do when you find any powder. Right? Any powder in a hospital and assume it's gunpowder yeah. and that lighting it on fire is the right thing to do. It's okay. a big part of medicine. I can follow this. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, thankfully, it actually doesn't light uh but yeah probably like i'm not a scientist are you gonna tell us what it is at some point eventually okay it's just chalk no i'm kidding (laughs) powder in a machine yeah but i don't yeah words the wise just don't like light random substances on fire friends if you're over 12 yeah so these guys are hugely underwhelmed by this boring powder and this pile of metal. <laughs> totally so not they flammable. they sell it all to this junkyard owner. I think for like 25 bucks. 
Um, now, weirdly, um, they're both puking. They're dizzy. Hmm. They have diarrhea. But they're like, eh, I bet it's food poisoning. It's cool. We can go steal some more metal. It can't be that bad. Uh, but then one of them gets this weird burn blister thing on one of his hands. But again, they're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Let's just not worry about it. Uh, so the junkyard guy um, just chucks this pile of shit in his garage, carries on his day. But then mm-hmm. that night, he's walking through his yard, and he realizes his garage is glowing blue. He's like, whoa. There's an alien in there, I bet. Right? Mm-hmm. Is it Marty McFly? Is he in his DeLorean? <gasps> yeah. Yeah, plot Probably. twist. No. It, nor was no. it E.T. Not Iron Man? No. Hmm. It's just a hunk of junk. Glowing away. Beautiful blue. Hmm. I wrote, like, a beautiful avatar's glowing sex tail thingy. <laughs> I'm pretty glowing sure that, sex that was the thing. Thingy. Didn't oh. they have, like, little glowy? No. I don't remember Avatar. So he gets really excited and <laughs> thinks he's going, he's found something just supernatural. Well, yeah. Yeah, right. This is a man, this is an adult man in 1987, mind you. But he thinks he's found something magic. This, this is also the man that robbed a broken down old hospital and sold all the stuff for $25 after trying to land No, he's fire. the one that bought the stuff for $25. Oh, he's the one who bought the yeah. stuff. Okay, all right. So he decides he's going to make a ring for his wife out of it. So he takes a little bit of it, puts it in his pocket. Then he takes it home because he's like, my whole family needs to see this cool blue glowing shit. And I think everyone in the whole town should come by and check it out. So he invites everybody over. Everybody's just <laughs> losing their minds. This stuff is the coolest. So then one of the cousins is like, let's really get in there. Let's break it open. So they get in there and it's like a cake. Like I pictured hmm. like a urinal cake. Yeah. This powder. I'm getting, They're like, getting an idea of what this right, might be. Let's smash it up so we can all have some. I want to have blue glowy shit. Uh, so there's some big chunks like rice grains and there's just some powder. There's some flakes. So they're sharing them like, you get a flake, you get a flake. Everybody's like, woo, we all got flakes. This is so cool. This is magical powder. They're wrapping it up in envelopes and handing it around town. Getting ready for a rave. I don't know. Uh they're calling it moon dust. They think it has mystical healing powers. They're totally into it. Uh, his brother got a really sweet little pile of it, took it home, and spread it across the dining room table. <laughs> the kids are uh, loving it. Of course. They're rubbing it on their skin so that they can glow. They put it on their pajamas. It's just like. Oh, he must have gotten a lot of that powder. Yeah. So it's basically, you know, like. Hose before there were a hose with their Victoria's Secret sparkly lotions. Right. Just like glitter everywhere. Uh, So his six-year-old daughter, girl after my own heart, doesn't even put down her sandwich before she plays with it. She's just eating, playing, eating, playing. Everywhere. (laughs) Oh, God. So everyone's just like, woo, magic powder, magic powder. And then everyone starts getting sick. (laughs) But it couldn't be the powder. No. But they're puking. They're dizzy. There's diarrhea. There's headaches. They start getting lesions. Their hair is falling out. They think they might have AIDS. I'm not sure why, but that was <laughs> that where was they the went with that. was the big scare in the 80s. So then the mom, the wife of the junkyard captain, is like, mm, uh, you know, this is kind of weird and kind of coincidental that we're all sick and that it's this weird blue shit that we've been fucking around with for 15 days, mind you. This is how long it takes her to be like, mm-hmm. one plus one. So, <laughs> yeah. So she convinces her husband it might not be uh, the 
best powder that they've ever found. Um, so they're going to take it to some doctors. So they dump some of it into a plastic bag. Get uh, on a bus. Oh, good. Yeah. Packed bus. How much of this shit do they have, for God's okay, sake? A lot, apparently. <laughs> yes. Head to a nearby hospital. They grab a doctor. Hey, I think this is poisoning all of us. <laughs> Can you take a look at it? So the doctor looks at it and goes, ooh, maybe we don't fuck with this. It's glowing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he utilizes the high-tech toxic substance quarantine method known as put this on a chair, put the chair outside, like in the middle of this courtyard, and let's not go near it. <laughs> <laughs> Very advanced Good techniques. Yeah. yeah. So he and the other doctors are like, well, this is probably a problem. We'll call some other people about it. So they contact the State Department, who sends someone out, a medical physicist. Uh, he a medical physicist? Medical physicist. Okay. So he brings a sensor with him, like a Geiger counter, but it's called a scintillion, scintillion counter. Mm. Sorry, yeah. write me letters that I mispronounced. The that. old scintillion counter. The old scintillion counter. Uh, it measures ionizing radiation. They borrowed it from a government agency that works with the nation's power plant. The thing goes bananas, like all the way to the end of the, like off the scale. Yeah. So they're like, well, this is fucking stupid it's broken nothing <laughs> of course nothing would do it. this right. so they send it back get a new one results are the same so then they're like oh well fuck so the fucking fire brigade concocts the this plan the neutralization plan which is highly scientific and it's called let's throw it in the river <laughs> Surprisingly, that's... Contaminate the river. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm not a scientist, but I don't think that's the best way to get rid of, like, mm -mm. anything. No. I mean, maybe, like, a fish. Or baby. Or, like, Moses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, like, a couple... How did both of our brains go to that <laughs> at the same time? Because <laughs> we're so spiritual. We're so biblical. Uh, so, word gets out that this is legit fucking radioactive material. It turns out that the old crumbling hospital was a radiotherapy clinic, and the machine was a cesium-137 based teletherapy machine that was left behind. So the news that was goes, irresponsible. Very irresponsible. The news goes on the radio. Local, national, international. People freak the fuck out. 130,000 people show up to get tested. So they start throwing up all these tents in the Olympic Stadium, and they're just systematically testing all of these people. Turns out, surprisingly, uh, there were trace amounts detected in 249 people, which I thought was actually kind of small. Right. Um, 20 of them required treatment for radiation poisoning, and ultimately four died. Uh, the whistleblowing wife, the sandwich-eating niece, uh, and then two of the... As she shall be known forever. <laughs> um, and two employees of the junkyard. Some of the ones that were stabby with the... With the... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is what I tried to learn about the science-y part uh, about radiation. Uh, tweet me all of your complaints. Uh, so radiation can be measured in many ways. In this case, we're going to refer to it in grays. The source, which is what they call whatever the little window capsule thing was it's called the source uh was giving off 4.65 gray per hour now in life there is radiation it's right. called background radiation so for non-nuclear workers in the united states the accepted <sighs> radiation dose is between 0 0.001 and 0 0.005 per year 
Oh, so not very much. Not very much. And this thing's so giving off. roll around yeah, in and it. And this thing's okay. giving off 4.65 per hour. And is that the medical, uh, the medical, like, amount that it's supposed to? Or was it already It's because broken? they busted into oh, it. Oh, okay. So it didn't yeah, start I out guess that it's way. It's normally, once they like, it. it's centralized and then they, like, focus the beam. and For then a tr- second and then you're done. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they absorbed way too much of it, basically. Um, once they realized the magnitude of the contamination, they cast a wide net to test as many people as possible. They got rid of 54 of the most severely contaminated people, sent them to a hospital in Rio, uh, where they were actually put in what's called reverse isolation. So instead of... They have to hang out with people all the time. Right. So instead of protecting the staff from the patient... Uh, they have to protect the patient because now they all have compromised immune systems. Right. So they're all in bubbles. Or Basically. Um, yeah. So then the hospital staff had to decontaminate patient skin anew every day. Because once it's in you, it keeps just wanting to, like, come up and exist. Share itself. So they, yeah. So they use a soapy uh, mix of soapy water and diluted acid um, because their sweat kept recontaminating their own skin from the inside. Hmm. which sounds like a vicious circle yeah which sounds pretty awesome yeah um so the first task however was to remove as much as the internal sources they could um so they want to get it out of your body as fast as possible so lavage laxatives all of it just what's get lavage it um basically like hosing you down from the inside okay. i believe okay maybe i like, don't need to go any further than yeah that. Okay. water i know it involves <laughs> <laughs> water uh yeah so these were their brute force tactics uh then they tried chemical methods there's chemical called prussian blue that works by bonding to the radioactive particles inside the body and then they're secreted through the normal pathways urine feces and sweat uh, so most of the 55 survived because they were exposed to less than one gray however several people lost fingers and 23 people were treated for localized radiation burns five required skin grafts Ernesto, the scrapyard worker who had sifted lovingly through the entire cake of fairy dust, received intense thermal gamma burns on his hands. Oh, and he was the one that wanted to make the ring for his wife. Right. So when he took a handful of it and put it in his pocket, it burned through his trousers and left burns on his right thigh. Did he still try to make the ring? I don't think so. Okay. Probably not at this point. Oh, burn through my pants. Right. So the, basically the guys that, Pantalones. that stabbed Excuse me. <laughs> basically the guys that stabbed the machine with screwdrivers uh, fared the worst, which is shocking. So according to a report from the International Atomic Energy Agency, uh, these two gentlemen had probably been exposed to doses around four gray from the moment they moved the giant machine. Both men had complained of vomiting, diarrhea, vertigo, um, there was the guy with the swollen hand. Then there was the poor uh, girl who they initially diagnosed with food poisoning. Basically, they thought everybody had food poisoning until this was taken oh, yeah. more seriously. Um, so two of the workers from the junkyard did die of internal hemorrhaging. Um, for the little girl and her mother, the only care the hospital could offer was palliative. Um, That's sad. The little girl had an estimated internal dose of six gray and she was just a little one which is just from inhalation and ingestion from getting it on our sandwich so she and her mom died on the same day 
She was buried in a lead coffin sealed with concrete. Now, what's interesting, the four bodies of the victims were buried in lead-lined coffins surrounded by tons of concrete. Uh, The mom's coffin weighed over a thousand pounds, and inside was a layer of lead half a centimeter thick. Uh, The little girl's coffin was even heavier because she was more irradiated. So, 1,500 pounds. Um... And after the coffins were lowered in the graves already coated in a foot of concrete, it took two more hours to fill the tombs with cement. So it was right. And as they're trying to go bury these people, there's crowds that are protesting. Like, don't put these people in our ground. Did they glow still? No. And the glowing thing is actually weird because contrary to the Simpsons, like radioactive stuff doesn't generally glow. They think it's because it somehow came into contact with water. And I guess that that does some sort of chemical reaction. Don't quote me on it. Um, So then in their survey of all of the village, uh, other contamination was also found in or on 50,000 rolls of toilet paper. Not that sure. could result in some awful burns. Yeah. I'm not sure why that, that was pulled out of the inventory <laughs> list as being important, but it was. Three well, buses. Okay. Well, they were all taking the bus around. And, right. Yeah. 42 houses, 14 cars, and a total of 23 chickens, five pigs, two dogs, and two rabbits. So they had to be put down because they were contaminated. So the... Uh, nuclear energy group comes in to clean it up. They had to remove a ton of topsoil from these houses. They had to knock down a couple of the houses. All of the objects from within the houses were removed and examined. Uh, and Time Magazine actually identified the accident as one of the world's worst nuclear disasters. <laughs> but I mean, like, that's, I thought that so was great. very dramatic. It's a nuclear disaster. Right. From two knuckleheads stealing something from a hospital. And the International Atomic Energy Agency called it one of the world's worst radiological incidents. And then in many places, it's referred to as the worst after Chernobyl. Holy shit. Right. So in light of the death's cause, the doctors who had owned the clinic originally were charmed. Charmed. They were charmed. (laughs) They were very charming gentlemen. Charmed them. Yeah. They were charged with criminal negligence. Thank you. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um. So is that like any different than somebody breaks into your house, steals your gun, and shoots themselves with it? I mean, right? Like the guy with the (laughs) knife, or the guy that fell in the sunlight? Like it's their fault. Somebody came and stole their shit. Seriously. Anyway. Um. Yeah, the two thieves were not included as defendants in the public civil suit. Didn't they die? Number one, because they were dead. Yeah, okay. Um, so then the nuclear National Nuclear Energy Commission in Brazil was ordered to pay compensation of near $750,000. Why? I mean... Because I, I guess, guess they are claiming that they shouldn't have just left a radioactive machine anywhere. Well, the problem yeah. was that... But are they tracking those? Well, like, from the beginning, they were saying that, like, it was a big point of contention as to, like, who actually... One com- one group is saying they own the land, they want the shit off of it. The other group is saying we own the building, we'll move the stuff when we can. So it was actually... That's why they got the guard, was right. apparently because, like, nobody could Did fucking make up their minds Did anybody the guard for it. not being there? <laughs> Going to see Herbie the love bug? He, yeah, he was never seen again. <laughs> But he really likes Paul Blart Mall Cop. 
He's just just go to a really bad movie. Has that movie even come out in Brazil yet? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, so they, yeah. So the state, I guess, or no, somebody has to pay all this money to guarantee medical and psychological treatment for the direct and indirect victims of the accident and their descendants down to the third generation. So now it's been thirty years. Um, and I did try to find out what the current state of affairs is, and there was a big scientific council meeting there, but all the notes were in Portuguese, so I could not understand them. <laughs> you did say at some point that they threw the radioactive material into the river, right? No, no, no. That was the fire brigade's super good plan. Oh, but they didn't actually do it. No, no, no. Okay, so yeah, I was no, like, because the nuclear the, river? <laughs> the nuclear guy had just come back with the second. Uh, sensor thing, centilometer, whatever it was. Uh, he had just gotten back into town. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not gonna do that. Like, I just uh, okay, I think that's that's a good move that they didn't do that, right? Yeah, who I mean, how many generations before us have been like, it's garbage, let's just put it in the ocean, put it in a river, and look where that got us. Yeah. All those right back to the beginning of our conversation about sea otters dying right. and mass numbers all the fucking the plastic that's another topic that i want to talk about is the giant garbage mass we should just all go there. live on the garbage island in the middle of the ocean well and it's horrible because the plastics are breaking down into such infinitesimally small parts that it's not just a question of like getting nets to scoop up like bottles and no it's like the, the and animals stuff. are ingesting it at this point it's right horrible. like they're becoming one with the plastic it's awful oh, yeah. but i think there's a kid this is me going completely Completely off my memory, which is notably unreliable. From now on, don't trust anything we say. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing that is coming. This is all hypothetical. <laughs> I think there's a kid in, I want to say like Sweden, somewhere, you know, chill over there, like Sweden, Norway, whatever, um, that has come up with a machine that can sweep through the oceans and actually pick up all the little, little, little tiny bits. Oh. So that's good. And he's like 15 or something. Of course. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Um, but it's hard being a kid these days. They have to invent shit by the time they're like seriously. You know, by the time get their driver's license, if they don't have their own company, yeah. If you don't have a Nobel Point Prize by the time you're 20, you're just <laughs> fucking waste of space. Yeah. All we had to do was just not die, right? <laughs> like, and have like a 2.0 GPA, <laughs> and then we were good. We could go right? to college. Just go it was to all school, fine. basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that is the story of one of the worst nuclear accidents. And they call it the incident. It's called the Goyanya incident. incident instead of the Goyanya accident because they think accident is too generous to the people that left the machine behind. But also. Yes. And there's a lot of, you know, flat given to when people are like, oh, my God, those fucking idiots. Why would you rub this stuff on your skin? And then people argue back like, these are like poor people in the middle of Brazil. Yeah. They see something glowing. They're not going to be like, well, I bet it's poison. Yeah. You so. tell me the time that you haven't taken glitter and just rubbed it on your Right? Face. I've been to a rave. Who knows what I put on my... Who knows what I did there? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Coachella <laughs> 2011? Uh, could have been anything. <laughs> Might have lead poisoning. Who knows? Uh, yeah. But yeah. So that was my... And it's actually apparently not a very familiar story, even to people in Brazil. So. Well, yeah. I wouldn't run around telling that story if that were my town. I would think it would be a good, like lesson it is a good lesson yeah maybe i don't. now will not rub it. number one don't steal shit right number two don't stab random 
hospital equipment. <laughs> and then when something starts glowing, maybe don't think that it's from God. Share it with the whole town. Well, it is from God if you believe in such things. Technically, yes. Yeah. But, you know, some things are not meant to be played with. Yeah. Don't rub it on your skin, kids. Yeah. It's crazy. Stay away from radioactive material. No. Stay away. Yeah. That was an incredible story. I know. Pretty crazy. I'm so glad we're ending the episode with that because I think, yeah. Yeah. I think that was a, that was really good. Yeah. Way better than. Thanks, friends. Thanks. (laughs) Way better than wrongful (laughs) convictions. Much more fun. And informative. What? Oh, I was going to say more people died in mine, but not really. I was surprised, actually. More that, people probably died in mine. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like I probably need to research Chernobyl, but I'm actually very surprised that it can be considered, like, this enormous of a disaster when, like, four people died. And then, like, nobody knows about it. I know. Because no, everybody knows about Chernobyl and Easter Island and... Three Mile Island. Do they? Three Mile Island. Easter. Not Easter Island, sorry. <laughs> Have you seen those deformed heads? (laughs) How do you think that happened? (laughs) Blue powder. Do they count the actual atomic bomb droppings as? I don't believe they do. I think it's only that was not accidental. Yeah, I think they meant to drop those. They did mean to. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was a disaster. uh, Wasn't there Fukushima? I want to say that was the plant that was from the tsunami. Right. Yeah, and that's still. Like, we should talk about that sometime because that is still affecting all of us. And there's the crazy people. Uh, the old, They're mostly elderly. I believe it's outside of Chernobyl that just, like, moved back in. And they were like, we're just going to live here. It's fine. Well, there's a whole town in Russia, apparently, where people <laughs> live that it's, like, totally irradiated. And they're yeah. like, but they're taken better care of than anybody else in Russia. So they're like, fuck it. We're yeah. going to live a shorter life, but it's going to be better. Yeah. And then meanwhile, like, Marie Curie's notebooks are under giant panes of glass or whatever it is because they're still so radioactive that you can't get near them what do you think so she yeah crazy crazy a lot of crazy shit out there man there really is every time i read stuff like this i'm like there's so much stuff i don't know so what did we learn today we learned to stay away from glowing stuff in medical equipment pretty much yeah we learned um not to be wrongfully convicted so pretty much take notes of where you are at every moment right take pictures of yourself all the time and timestamps (laughs) Um, try not to be black. That <laughs> seems terrible. to be one. It is terrible. It's totally terrible, <laughs> and it's absolutely the truth. We're gonna change it. We're gonna change the world. That's this right. Generation. One podcast it. episode at a time. We're, We're gonna, you know, all the work that's being done on equal rights and social justice. Yep. What's really gonna make the change is you and I. Oh yeah, this <laughs> podcast. I'm pretty for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm ready for my Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get it before I'm 30. Yeah. <laughs> Make my I'm sure. parents I'm proud. I'm sure you will. It's cool. I'm an alcoholic, but I have a Nobel Prize. Deal with it, Mom. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. weren't some of them probably like high as a kite on other things? Probably. I think you're okay. So I know you did some really solid work before this podcast started to make sure that we knew what our... Oh, yeah. Media contacts were. I do, I do, I do. Close it out with that. So, like they do at the end of podcasts, like we're cool. We're going to say, find us on Twitter at JTWPod, Facebook at Just the Worst Pod, Instagram, Just the Worst Pod, and email, Just the Worst Pod at gmail.com. Yes. So, hit us up, tell us your stories, correct me on my poor understanding of nuclear. Physics. (laughs) And my poor understanding of the justice system. 
no yeah or yeah or just whatever or any racial undertones you took you know out of that i apologize but i'm just telling it like i read it literally i didn't make any of that up i believe it was on wikipedia (laughs) (laughs) it was on the internet it was on the internet it's true it's a fact thank you all right friends all right we will see you next time number six coming at you whoa okay